You're listening to Bose Podcast, the official podcast of Bose Cavern, Ottawa's premier upscale drinking society. Now here are your hosts, Matt and Taylor. Hi, Biddly Bo, and welcome to Bose Podcast. I'm Matt LaFrance, half of Bose Podcast, and here with the other half, Taylor Mitchell. Hey, Taylor. How's it going, Matt? It's going. It's going. How are you doing? Oh, you know, keeping it real. Chilling like a villain, gelling like a felon, all that good stuff. All right. Yeah, I can't top that. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. Nothing. So we got a really special episode for you. Well, I I should correct myself. I mean, aren't all our episodes special? I'd say they're the most special. Yeah. I mean, good people, good conversation, good drinks. Good subject matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good show. And, and and I'm really glad that we've been able to maintain our uh, professional relationship. Well, I call it professional, even though we're not getting paid for this, but, you know, professional <laughs> relationship and friendship, despite the fact that after our last episode, it was revealed, I am not a baseball fan and you are not a hockey fan. So <laughs> it's true. You know, life is all about learning to coexist with people that are fundamentally different from us. And it's it's nice that, you know, even in the midst of all this division, we can still come together and uh, and and maintain some semblance of personal and professional relationship. Yes. It's just beautiful. We can find an equilibrium. We can find that happy equilibrium. That's beautiful. And we're joined, of course, as usual, by our producer, Kevin Ballantyne. Hey, Kevin. Hey. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. And our resident mixologist and Bose Cavern founder, Adam LaFrance. Hey, Adam. I diddly doe to you. Did I just hear a high diddly doe and also a high diddly bow? I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> that was an inside joke for uh, all those who remember when Matthew said hi diddly doe. I, I don't remember, but I drink. So beer kills <laughs> yeah, brain cells. I drink to remember. I smoke to forget. But no, we do have a very special episode because we are here to commemorate a milestone. Uh, 35 years ago on this day, television event occurred, which gave birth to a cultural phenomenon which I think uh, no one ever could have predicted. And of course, that is the birth of The Simpsons, which first aired April 19th, 1987, as a one minute and 48 second clip on The Tracy Ullman Show. So happy birthday to The Simpsons family. Mm, Happy birthday. Happy birthday to The Simpsons family. I will once again remind the room that that makes The Simpsons officially older than I am. I thought you were going to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so predictable. Well, I I was five, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> way to make us all feel old taylor that's what i do i'm i'm the i'm the youth i'm i'm, I'm representing the youth here damn millennials <laughs> but yeah happy birthday to the simpsons 35 years you know i'm not gonna say you know and here's to another 35 years because that's just pushing it imagine imagine what 35 more years of simpsons would look like does anybody does anybody, does anybody even want to see that uh, no <laughs> of you of you Guys, how many of you actually watch new episodes of The Simpsons when they come out? Infrequently, not on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it in a while. And uh, there's there's one I like watched recently and I got a really good laugh, but I'm sure it, must, it might be a little bit hit, hit and miss these days. I don't know. <laughs> they do uh, put them on Disney Plus, so I'm able mm-hmm. to ca- uh, catch them whenever I uh, you know have some time. Yeah, in the age of streaming. Yeah, yeah. I kind of only watch new ones whenever there's you know some kind of novelty to the episode that interests me i think the last new episode that i watched was when lisa came to canada mm. yes where she where she insulted my hockey team <laughs> and went to alanis morissette elementary school but it wasn't in ottawa oh tragic yeah a tragic oversight 
<laughs> I was reading uh, just the other day an interview with Yeardley Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, she was talking about how the Simpsons contract goes out to season 34. They're recording season 34 right now, and she was actually quite excited about it. She said it was going to be a really good season. I mean, she's probably paid to say that, but uh, she used some expletives in the article. So, you know, that, really that kind of, that, yeah, really excited. Right. I think what I always find kind of the most jarring when I watch new episodes is just how much um, some of the voices have changed and it's just, just with age. Right. But yeah. when you kind of just watch golden, golden era Simpsons over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden you hear, you know, a few, a few characters in particular that sound quite a bit older. It's, uh, it's a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dan Castaneda and uh, Julie Kavner, they started doing voices what, I guess they were in their 30s. And yeah, but Dan's 65 now. I think Julie's 70, 71. So that's quite a run. I'm not surprised their uh, voices have changed. Well, I guess, well, I don't know about Lisa. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. She started what? She was in her 20s when she started. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now she'd be close to pushing 60. So oh, it's crazy to think about. Time time flies. Can you imagine that? You're uh, 23 years old and you're auditioning to do the voice on a, a little clip animated show. <laughs> yeah. And then here we are 35 years later and you're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we are here to celebrate The Simpsons, um, which, yes, it started as a little clip show on the Tracy Ullman show on the fledgling Fox network. I know you take a bit of umbrage with the, the term fledgling to describe Fox, but considering it was founded a year before this and they only had the Tracy Ullman show and married with children at the time, I think fledgling works in this context. I- I agree with your characterization of fledgling in this context. In 1987, Fox was a fledgling network. I'm with you there. And Tracy Ullman, British comic singer, actress, pretty much famous for just, you know, stuff in in Britain, looking to make her uh, debut in uh, in America. I, I think they originally had some little sitcom planned out for her where she's a, a British woman living in New York. And she's like, nope, that, that doesn't work. So it took uh, James L. Brooks, who saw an audition tape of hers, just various uh, stage material she did to say, no, you should be doing like a variety show. You should be doing, you know, sketches and singing and the whole shebang there. So that gave us the Tracy Ullman show. I don't know if you guys have ever watched any of it or not. Just old clips of it. Definitely, definitely before my time. The original idea for Tracy Ullman, James L. Brooks wanted to have what were called bumpers. So just little one, two minute cartoon clips, you know, just after commercials or transition between scenes and that. And he happened to get a hold of a copy of uh, Matt Groening's Life in Hell, uh, the comic he started in 1977 when he moved to LA, which kind of depicted his uh, life in Los Angeles at the time. And uh, once he realized that if he produced a a cartoon for Fox, that Fox then would uh, obtain the rights to it, which, you know, he didn't want. So they kept him waiting for about an hour in the waiting room. And he just sketched up uh, this cartoon family based on his own family. And hey, the rest is history. 35 years in the making. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Allman, which aired for four seasons. The Simpsons were only on for three seasons as then they transitioned to their own independent uh, cartoon on Fox. Was it total 48 episodes? I wonder how you know 48 shorts that are you know used as, as bumper you know clips basically for for tracy ullman how do they develop enough popularity to to be greenlit as an independent series 
That's true. So if you recall the clip show 138 episode spectacular, Troy McClure made some reference to the Tracy Ullman show as nation's uh, showcase for psychiatrist jokes and musical comedy numbers. So that psychiatry jokes reference was there was actually another cartoon used as bumpers on the Tracy Ullman show, which aired before The Simpsons. Dr. Nagoda 2, which involves a psychiatrist. It was done by the same animation studio that does The Simpsons. Lasky Kuzbo, if you want to search for that, it's N exclamation mark. G-O-D-A-T-U. I don't know why there's an exclamation mark in there. But but so first season, that aired for the first two episodes. Then the third episode was The Simpsons, and they alternated back and forth between them for the first season. After that, it was just The Simpsons, because apparently that one was more popular, and it pushed the other cartoon out of the way. So I I, I don't know what it was that uh, drew people to them. I've watched the shorts. They're not particularly entertaining. By today's standards. It's entertaining from the perspective of looking at the show now, mm. or at least, you know, looking at the evolution of the show over almost 34 seasons and seeing, okay, this is how it originated. These are its roots. This is how the show has evolved. But other than that. Do you think people may have found them relatable in some way, like to their own families, maybe? Or Maybe people's sense of humor was different in the early 90s. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Or they, yeah. In the I bet that's a part of it for sure. And I bet another part of it is just that it was probably something that wasn't really being done on TV, kind of, you know, poking fun at the the average family in that way, you know, like yeah. um, in a, in a very self-aware way. Mm-hmm. No, you, you got a point there. I mean, certainly I think the, the cartoon evolved over time, over its run on Tracy Ullman, and maybe people saw something in there that uh, they could relate to, maybe they didn't find the Tracy Ullman show particularly funny. And this was like, you know, the highlight of it the or highlight. something, you know, yay, we got a break from Tracy Ullman for two minutes. <laughs> no offense, Tracy Ullman. We love you, Tracy Ullman. Really, most of my uh, exposure to Tracy Ullman was as the uh, unorthodox psychiatrist on Ally McBeal. Allie McBeal. I forgot she was. I watched it in the days. So. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I've definitely run through Ally McBeal a few times. Um, that's, I have kind of a love of those um, kind of late 90s, early 2000s primetime melodramas. <laughs> that's a bit mm. of a guilty pleasure for me. So, Ally McBeal's up there. And so, I've, I've seen that a few times, but I, I don't think I, it clicked with me that that was uh, Tracy Ullman. I think the mid to late 90s was like, a golden era in television. That's just my, like, I, I, you know, associate strongly with that time, but there was a lot of good television at that time. I was about to say, you might be a bit biased because that's when you're growing up sort of thing, but. (laughs) No, I agree. And I was definitely (laughs) still a child. Okay. There There was some really good TV then. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's weird. I don't know why exactly, but it feels like, you know, there was a period of time there, maybe it was right before 9-11 and then, viewing audiences were maybe looking for something a little bit more serious i don't know exactly what it was but it seems like kind of um television shifted at some point there in the early 2000s and i kind of prefer what came before i think we all know 80s television was i want to say a lot of it was just pretty much the same (laughs) yeah uh there wasn't too much risk there wasn't too much experimentation and then the 90s i don't know when it comes to like dramas, they uh, they went more with a cinematic approach, which I guess started kind of with uh, Twin Peaks, which I've started yes. watching, by the way. Oh, how are you liking it? It's weird. It's super weird. <laughs> I, I, I like it, but it's weird. Yeah, they have that on The Simpsons, didn't they, with uh, Homer and he's... Um... 
brilliant. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, he's just watching it and like, uh, what? There's somebody dancing with a dancing horse. With a horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was also um, who shot Mr. Burns part two, where Lisa's, you know, uh, in the red room there with the. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Chief Wiggum and speaking, speaking backwards, speaking backwards. Yeah. Yes. So I saw the red room scene and all that. <laughs> Burns his suit. Burns his suit. Look at Burns's suit. <laughs> Yeesh. What was it he said to Eddie? You know, uh, did you oh, have the same you? dream with the the backwards talking, the uh, flaming burning, cards? The burning cards? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll drive. Yeah, I'll drive. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, I'm in season two, which from everything I've heard about the show is like it just goes downhill. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it. I mean, if it's not too much of an investment because it's only a couple seasons, but yeah, 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 it's not too much. Yeah, I guess it's one of those shows where it's more of a influence on a, other shows later on. That yeah. I'd say that's true. But as far as late 90s TV goes, I have to throw out some love for ER. That's kind of my my go-to comfort show, even after all these years. I love ER. I lost interest in ER. I don't know exactly when, probably when Noah Wiley left the show because he was, I guess, like the last of the original cast. I thought you were going to say when Dr. Green died, which would be which would be totally reasonable. No, no, no. I kept on. Yeah, the, uh, I, I still remember that episode. That was a powerful it his was. death there. Yeah. In terms yeah. of... Uh, television deaths that really was uh, a memorable one but you know no I, I kept with the show but I mean like you know show was a lot of turnover and then I think it was finally when Noah Wiley left because it's just like he was like the last one everybody else from the original cast was gone and so it's just all brand new cast and it's just like meh and then it yeah. went on for many years after and it was just like is anyone still watching this and it had some really random cast members in the end like John Stamos was a regular and um, oh, Angela yeah. Bassett it, it was it just really was kind of bizarre there at the end but I agree with you I whenever I do a rewatch, I usually quit right before they get to sad and depressed Carter. <laughs> so it usually ends up being right around the time Dr. Green dies. So did anybody watch Law and Order in the 90s? That was one of my favorites. I did. I like crime procedurals too. I never really got into them, but like I'm trying to think of what dramas I might or thinking back to 90s. Party of five. <laughs> Party of five. <laughs> I don't think I ever watched that. Although I did like Nev Campbell at the time. Well, um, she was in Scream. Was mostly from Scream, yeah. Scream, yeah. And the craft, classic. Classic yeah, was not big on the craft genre. What? <laughs> oh, is that like the final straw? That's it for dissolving our partnership here. Yeah, I can, I can, I can handle you not liking baseball, but you don't like the craft. Who are you? Hey, <laughs> and we're out. This, this survived you not liking Star Wars or Star Trek. So that's true. I can, I can respect the craft. Okay, I can you respect shown, people who like it. So you how's that? Me a great deal of grace with the whole star blank. Everything stuff. star, <laughs> star, uh, Trek Wars, Gate and Search okay, of the four I- stars. Franchises. Oh. Yours is easily my third favorite. Okay, can we can we just spend a quick second here on Starlight Coke because I I still haven't figured out exactly what that's supposed to taste like, and I left half my bottle in the fridge so I could try it the next day. I still don't know. Amy said it tastes kind of like Coke mixed with Girl Scout cookies. I kind of I kind of agree, but I also which, feel which like Girl it's a Scout, bit, which which Girl Scout, which Girl Scout. Cookies, which Girl Scout cookies, the 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 the, 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 the vanilla or the chocolate like, ones or like, the mint do want, ones? Do you want like a name? Yeah. Um, is it, no, the, is the it the little Susie? Ones. Is it no, the vanilla ones? Okay. The vanilla ones. But I also I also taste. They're made like, from real Girl Scouts. I was gonna say. <laughs> I also taste some sort of fruity undertones, and I just don't know what to do with this drink. I I don't understand it. You make um, it sound like wine, you know? Yeah, well, oh, it's, it's got faint hints of. A fruity uh, undertone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not unlike 
that <laughs> okay no one will tell me what is what this coke is supposed to taste like other than it's does supposed it, to taste like have... sitting around a bonfire and a cold journey to space well which... a cold journey to space should taste like i don't know horrific death does, does should it, it not does it have a tar? as, as demonstrated in that I episode don't know what of horrific death tastes like does it so have a tar does. taste to it no it does not have a tar taste to oh, yeah. it, it, it not it like that like, wine <laughs> it's it it tastes you know like it's nice but it's strange and i i don't trust it <laughs> anyway this has been a digression brought to you by starlight coke, starlight coke or hey starlight coke if you want to sponsor our show well actually maybe they don't because we didn't love, exactly give the, it a ringing endorsement I, I love taylor how you call the like sort of like a commercial a diversion or like yes <laughs> this has been a diversion brought to you by. I, I saved up all my i save up all my, all my random thoughts for the day and uh share them with you guys and now a diversion from perka dan oh, oh crap <laughs> Uh, <laughs> allowed to say crap right no, on this network say, yes I, you can kevin that's what I, that's what i was waiting for thanks adam <laughs> so from that first episode good night in which homer and marge put the kids to bed so less than two minute episode which starts out with bart asking what is the mind is it just a system of impulses or is it something tangible to which homer replies what is mind no, no matter. matter what is matter Never, Never mind. mind. That seemed like a very smart question for Bart to ask. I was just going to say, this does not sound like the Bart Simpsons <laughs> that we all know, or the Homer, I guess, that we all know. <laughs> That's true. So that was certainly, yes, a, a rather deep, intelligent question from Bart, to which Homer actually gave a rather, let's say, witty response. Yeah. This just does not seem like the characters that we all know. Like the rest of us, Bart and Homer are regressing over time rather than <laughs> progressing. I, I think that question that Bart asked should have actually been reserved for Lisa. Yeah, but the problem with the clips in the uh, the original show, as it appeared on uh, Tracy Ullman, is Lisa, at least certainly in the beginning, was just a carbon copy of Bart. Yeah, they they would get into trouble together. And, yeah. you know, she was kind of more his sidekick than anything else. Yeah, uh, she was just as uh, mean as he was. Which, I, I wonder if that reflects more of uh, Matt Groening's family. Yes. So he did name everyone after his own family. There's a certain yeah. lack of originality here. Homer's named after his father. Marge is named after his mother. He's got a sister, Maggie, and a sister, Lisa. And he originally wanted to name Bart at Matt, but he didn't think that worked. So the name Bart Simpson. Actually, he liked the name Simpson because he thought Simpson simp simpleton that it was funny <laughs> he actually got the name homer simpson it was from a nathaniel west novel the day of the locust it, he's just oh you know there's his dad's name homer he liked the name simpson apparently he wrote a uh, a novel while he was in high school that had the character bart simpson in it because he liked how bart kind of sounded like bark and he just thought it was funny this idea like you know the dad yelling bart and it sounds like he's barking like a dog and i thought that bart was picked because it was an anagram of Brat. Brat. That's another one too. Yes. So there, there seems to be, I don't know, multiple points of origin on this. I, I'm taking that from an interview that Matt Groening did, but I had, yes, also heard him say that bit about it's an anagram of Brat. 
either way, he just figured Matt would not work. And it was just a little too on the nose if he presents Sionte. It's like, oh, and the main character is named after me. <laughs> well, did you know that Homer should be Canadian? Because uh, Matt Groening's father is Canadian. Born in uh, Saskatchewan, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. So really, Homer's a Canadian. They are, never are reveal saying, that on The Simpsons. Are you saying that we finally have proof that Saskatchewan exists? <laughs> not definitive well, proof, uh, but you know, it's certainly enough that we can further investigate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, no, like one of my favorite Canadian jokes on The Simpsons, and no offense to Winnipeg, but um, on The Simpsons, they had a sign that said, we were born here. What's your excuse? I love that sign. <laughs> That's it. Back to Winnipeg. Yeah, there's also that too. Yeah, Kevin, I'll say that um, I think Winnipeg is used to it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it I just, think so too. It, it's a professional city. It just rolls off their back, right? So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess who? And right, yeah. the Jets. And yeah. cold weather. Yes, and mosquitoes. No. <laughs> Yes, Matt Groening apparently is very unoriginal. Took all the names from his family. Even his grandfather is Abraham. Abraham. So, <laughs> and well, you're, you're right what you know. Do you want to know where the actual Springfield is? Uh, I believe it's in all 50 states, but I have heard it is I based know, off I of know. Springfield, Oregon. Yes. yes, Oregon, because Matt Groening grew up in Portland. Springfield, Oregon was about an hour away. I can't remember the name of the show. There was some show we watched that had Springfield and he immediately thought of Springfield, Oregon. And apparently when I say like, you know, he wasn't too original with his naming. Like uh, he lived on Evergreen Terrace in Portland. (laughs) And I've heard that I've heard that other streets in in Portland um, are represented in The Simpsons. I think Flanders and Lovejoy. Uh, Kearney. Kearney. Sorry to spoil the mystery. Yes, it's Springfield, Oregon. And from this little clip of The Simpsons, we now got a show that has 33 seasons, 723 episodes. They're actually contracted for another season, so they'll bring them to 750. One feature-length film that has grossed over half a billion dollars, 34 Emmy Awards, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and has a word in the Oxford Dictionary, of course, dough. Hmm. All from a bumper on The Tracy Ullman Show which appeared 35 years ago. So not too bad. But I humble beginnings. I think think it did did pretty well for itself. And I think it all came about because he didn't want to relinquish the rights to Life in Hell, his comic, which continued on, I think it's till 2012 with the rabbits. Although the the, the design of the rabbits certainly carried over into the design of the Simpsons. And they even uh, made some appearances on the Simpsons. But yeah. Is that that uh, what Fuzzy Bunny or whatever? (laughs) I'm trying to remember the names. Uh, there's Binky, oh. which is the main character, which is uh, supposed to be Mac Raining. Binky has a girlfriend. I think her name was Sheba, who is supposed to be just Binky and drag, basically. And that was his girlfriend. <laughs> and then there's like Boingo, which is his illegitimate son that has only one ear. And that has appeared on The Simpsons. And he drew with one ear just to distinguish him from Binky, because I guess Mac Raining, I'm sorry, is not the greatest cartoonist ever. <laughs> <laughs> his uh drawing skills leave something to be desired well it's not less if he animates the entire show no oh i remember and there are the uh two identical looking characters akbar and jeff and he created those because 
his girlfriend and like when uh, he kind of put like stuff about their relationship into the comic because it was clear who was supposed to be Matt and who was supposed to be her. And so he created these two characters who are identical so he could put stuff in and can't be like, you know, oh, you're making yourself seem better in this or something. You could kind of hide it. And they appear too in The Simpsons. So in the episode Homer's Triple Bypass, when he has like the little finger puppets and he's explaining the procedure. Oh. So those were the characters from that. <laughs> So he's find a way to, to to weave all that into The Simpsons. <laughs> so one thing I found interesting watching the clips, because I remember in an interview, uh, Matt Groening said that he was inspired by uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm-hmm. And I find now I can, after watching them all, I can see that for one thing on Rocky and Bullwinkle, they would do uh, the same setup for different jokes like the hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of, that, out of his hat. And it would just be, he would always use that at the beginning. And it's like, you have a different punchline. And so he would do that, the, he would do the same thing. So they would have a setup for a story and it would just keep using the same setup, but have a different ending for it. Oh, okay. And also I the love- fact that um, in just some of the, like he always liked the, the middle initial J. And I think that was from, what was it? Uh, well, that was from uh, Rocky and Bungo and Co. Because it was uh, Bill Winkle, J. Moose. J. Moose. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Rocky and Bill Winkle. Hey, yes, Kevin, do you remember what school uh, Bill Winkle went to? No, actually, I don't. What's the matter, you? <laughs> of course, and they featured uh, two characters on The Simpsons of uh, um, Mr. Peabody and uh, I forgot the kid's name. But <laughs> Sherman. Sherman. I'm the first non-Brazilian to travel backwards through time. That's, That's right, right, Mr. P. <laughs> Shut up, you. Quiet, you. Mr. P. Mr. Peabody was never that mean. No, I know. <laughs> I guess he seemed a little smug, though, even in the cartoons. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, there were 48 shorts. We did actually get to see some of these in the Simpsons 138th episode Spectacular from season seven. That was their third clip show after so it's come to this a simpsons clip show in season four and season six is another simpsons clip show and apparently the uh, fox executives originally wanted the simpsons to have four clip shows a season to cut production costs (laughs) because they figured that it would be half the production cost but they could sell full syndication rights and Yes, mm. the producers pushed back because it's like, yeah, the fans are not going to go for that. I thought they were actually pretty creative with some of the some of them. The, yeah, no, I, I I never really liked the the love one or like the no. And mm-hmm. I think that the 138th episode spectacular. Uh, that was a really creative way to do it. I think that that one actually was really creative because it yeah. uh, it gave you a bit more than just clips. It gave you, yeah. you know, it gave you some of these shorts. It gave you, I, I don't know. It was just deleted a little scenes. Bit more interesting. Yeah, deleted scenes. Like uh, alternate. Mr. Burns. Yes. And uh, the Richard Simmons robot. Yes. Which like, I, um, I, they cut that because uh, it, it wasn't found to be funny. And actually, I think the, the the robot design was a bit creepy, but they showed it like at some uh, college. They had like a clip show thing and the audience loved it. And so like, you know, when it came to doing a clip show, they wanted to put it back in. So <laughs> robotic Richard Simmons. That is one of my favorite. Like, yeah, deleted it, it is. It is. I love the reference to uh, Terminator 2 with that. <laughs> yeah, the eye. But actually, so yeah, I liked the 138th episode spectacular because of the original material that they put in and the fact that like the whole thing was hosted by Troy McClure, you know, anytime you can bring in Phil Hartman yeah. and, you know, it kind of made fun of clip shows 
And I thought it was done really well. And like the depiction of uh, how the writers look. So Matt Groening is this ultra right wing, you know, with his guns and all that, you know, NRA supporter. And uh, oh, so Sam Simon had left the show at that point. Uh, He got them to change the joke. Originally, they were going to have just a blank screen that said uh, clip not available. And no, instead they go with the, the Howard Hughes look there that he had with oh, like yeah, the long yeah, fingernails. Yeah. yeah. And uh, James L. Brooks was the Monopoly guy. <laughs> but yeah, that one was done. Although the the makers of that episode, so it was written by John Vitti and directed by David Silverman, and neither of them wanted to be associated with doing a clip show. So John Vitti was credited as Penny Wise and David Silverman was credited as Pound Foolish. I like that. <laughs> That's good. But uh, Bill Oakley, yeah, said that uh, it was one of their better because, you know, had original material mixed in there yeah because the there's some others like there's one with the song and dance sort of clip show one and like for me i only like to start with the uh was it paint a wagon paint, yeah gonna paint your wagon or whatever <laughs> you know what that's one episode i can't even remember the last time i watched it that wagon song always got on I, my I used nerves. to just watch that, that <laughs> like i hate that I song st- What's that? You hate that song? I, I hate Who that song. knew Lee Marvin could do such wonderful splits? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so with the 138th Spectacular, we got four of the original ones, uh, original clips from the Tracy Ullman show. We got Good Night. We got The Perfect Crime. We got part of World War Three and Space Patrol. And we got the episode Bath Time. And yeah, they were kind of odd. But you know, it's interesting to see the evolution of the voices, the evolution of the characters, like their design and that. I mean, originally they looked so crude in that because Matt Groening just did some rough sketches and he expected that the animators were going to kind of clean it up. It's like, no, they just traced over it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, World War Three. that was another, um, I found reminiscent of Rocky Bullwinkle because you see there's several shorts and it begins with Homer waking them up saying it's World War Three to do, a, oh, to yeah. do the uh, test drill. So I, I think he liked that idea where it's like, hey, you can have the same beginning, but it doesn't mean like the, the rest of the story has to go the same. It's like you can just always set it up the same way. Because, yeah, I can't think of any other show that did that besides Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, I'm sure it's very much an influence on. I did enjoy where uh, it started. Homer was going to throw a football to Bart. And so and then, of course, like what happens is Bart tries to catch it is the is the joke. And of course, he offered to uh, if he get if he catches the ball, he's taking him out for frosty chocolate milkshakes, which became, I think, an iconic line. Yeah. There were a lot of references to frosty chocolate milkshakes. I think we should all have some frosty chocolate milkshakes. Yeah. We, we we do drink on this show. You know, it doesn't always have to be alcohol. Frosty chocolate milkshakes. Yeah, can we can add some. alcohol to milkshakes, though. Yeah. It's not ice unheard cream of. or something. If we're going to go with ice cream, I recommend Chapman's because, you know, Canadian based uh, company and they seem to be a socially responsible company. So I recommend Chapman's. Agreed. I feel yeah. like we should all agree to only have Chapman's ice cream from now on because they really do seem to be one of the better companies out there. Mm-hmm. Canada Land did an episode where um, people would kind of call in and talk about how their employers were handling COVID. And basically it was, uh, you know, lost people calling in to complain this and that, but then someone called in and they actually gave a really like positive review to their, to their employer for how they were handling it. And this was, I, I think even pre-vaccine um, and that was Chapman's and someone actually, you know, called in, talk about what a good job they were doing, handling things. And they've just always been a very responsible company. So Chapman mm-hmm. sponsor us. Let's just all only eat Chapman's ice cream. <laughs> but I was going to say another, another diversion uh, brought to you this, by Chapman's. This digression well, brought to you by Chapman's ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. Part, <laughs> they're based here in Ontario and uh, was it Markdale, I think. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah right. that's right. I know. Yeah. Okay, well, enough about ice cream. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm hungry. Thanks a lot. Well, I mean, we could talk more about ice cream if you guys really want to talk about ice cream. Who doesn't like ice cream? I'm right? out. 
(laughs) (laughs) And what else? With the shorts, it was mostly confined to the Simpsons family. We did get Grandpa, Krusty, and Itchy and Scratchy in a few of the episodes there. So, you know, they expanded beyond the Simpsons family a little bit, but not certainly to the extent that we have seen Springfield since in the uh, TV show. Hey, no, they're on YouTube. If you can go out and, you know, give them a look, it's uh, just nice to have that uh, retrospective here as we celebrate their 35th anniversary. I don't know. And, you know, hey, if it weren't for those, you know, we wouldn't have the TV show and hey, we wouldn't be here doing this podcast, would we? That's right. That's true. No, maybe we'd be doing a podcast about ER. (laughs) Oh, sign me up for that one. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, we'll just be a bunch of nobodies. I think, yeah. we, I think, I think we still might be a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I don't know. Before we uh, close up. So what does the Simpsons mean to you guys? Throw a little love to the Simpsons there. What does the show mean to you? Weirdly enough. I don't know. It's, it, do you ever see that uh, joke about how, if you go to a party and you don't know anybody and you want to find the cool people, you just shout out dental plan. And all the cool people will shout back, Lisa needs braces. Yeah, I think you said that on what, I, like episode three. Well, if I did, I stole it from somewhere else. <laughs> um, could have claimed it was you. I kind of feel like, you know, The Simpsons has kind of been that for me. It's been like a way to connect with people around me, whether it's been, you know, making new friends. Like I met you guys all through The Simpsons. We met at Simpsons Trivia and, you know, became yeah. friends through that. Um, but it's also just been a way of kind of relating to other people and and getting closer with people and having this kind of common interest and honestly sometimes like a common language uh, that we share. So I'm I'm really grateful for that. Uh, it's it's just you know been a great thing in my life. No, I feel the same way because yeah, you know we know yeah. you through Simpsons trivia, and I can't really think of another show that I would have wanted to go to Sunday night trivia for. You know, God. what other show do I have that level of useless facts about it? Yeah, but it's I just there's, there's there's something in the Simpsons for everyone. Right. They poked fun at everything. Nothing was sacred. I mean, we're talking about a show that actually got involved in a presidential campaign there when uh, George Bush brought it up. You know, people should be more like the Waltons than the Simpsons, to which the Simpsons responded about, you know, we are like the Waltons. You know, we're, we're going through a depression to which Barbara Bush and Marge became pen pals for a brief stint there. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the, the show was completely subversive and, you know, just pot shots at everything. And it really was a counterculture kind of show it's gone mainstream since um i don't think anything can quite match those early years in terms of just how rebellious it was but yeah something in every episode you know something for everyone in the show and uh, certainly had a lot of quotable moments and like you said with the whole dental plan <laughs> thing you know it was a way to kind of find the cool people it's like who else knows all the words to the mr plow song or <laughs> who else can sing it in spanish <laughs> Oh, Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? Uh, so I, I definitely sort of echo what uh, Taylor said about how it, um, like, you know, brings people together in some form. Because, like, anyone who knows Simpsons, I mean, uh, I, I definitely do that where I'll test someone out and see if they, you know, know a quote. And, but also, I was thinking about it, like, it, it was, or, well, still is. And, like, <laughs> I must admit, this is a major part of my life, which isn't much, like, doesn't usually happen with a TV show, you know? And there's also the nostalgic sort of aspect of it where, like, for example, Halloween episodes, when I watch the old ones, I, I feel like I'm back at in my teens or, you know, even even younger. And it's sort of like it's always been a tradition. Um, I never go a Halloween without watching Simpsons Halloween episodes. But like, I, I can't I can't imagine going past a Halloween without watching 
Simpsons Halloween episodes in. Um, it's become a tradition for me, just like any, like for Christmas, any, you know, any traditions like that. It's just part of, <laughs> part of Halloween now. So how about you, Adam? I see you wanting to jump in there. Oh, me? Um, to me, the Simpsons are soft, silky, and manageable. Sorry, I'm just reading the back of a shampoo bottle. <laughs> yeah, I think our uh, group of friends, you know, this friendship here, uh, it, it wouldn't exist without the Simpsons, would it? We'd uh, all be strangers. Well, except for you and me, Matt, because, well, we have some sort of relation. Mm, it's a DNA one. I yeah. know this. <laughs> Although, Adam, I think... I think we knew each other before the Simpsons existed. So, yeah, but I would have, I would have kicked to the curb. If I had been for our love of the Simpsons, this friendship would have been over long ago. Back, back in it the could... days before Taylor existed. Back in the yes, days before actually, I yeah, even we, existed. We've known, each, uh, we've known each other longer than Taylor has existed. How's it feel, guys? It's <laughs> quite a record. But yeah. even still, you uh, brought up um, the Halloween episodes. And I remember I'm um, asking you, it's like, hey, you want to like come over, like over to your place and let's yeah. watch you uh, do a marathon of of the Simpsons Halloween episodes. Yeah, I think we've been so, doing that for quite a while. Maybe not every year, but, you know, well, COVID and everything, but still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, off and on, but uh, yeah. it's definitely been going on like through our lives. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it is really kind of, you know, sort of it's the glue that holds us all together. <laughs> yeah, glue that binds us, binds us together. Beautiful. Well, <laughs> I thought it'd end on a beautiful note. <laughs> yeah. Nice poetic note. Mm. Oh, Adam, you old honey dripper, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for the show. Thanks to Taylor Mitchell, Adam LaFrance, and our producer, Kevin Ballantyne, for the discussion about the roots of the Simpsons family on the Tracy Ullman Show, making their first appearance 35 years ago today. Please like this episode on the platform of your choice. Subscribe for new episodes. Uh, check us out on the Bose Cavern Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page for Simpsons-inspired drink recipes. Or hey, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from any of our listeners. And to the creative minds behind The Simpsons, happy 35th anniversary. Take care. We'll be talking to you soon. Bye now. Bye.